Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The Slaughter podcast will have disgusting topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still listening, no, we don't want to go back to yours for a coffee. Okay, so I'm starting this week and my murderer is from Buckinghamshire and he is called John Owen. So I'm going to start with... Double first name gonna no. be a weirdo i'm gonna start with the murder oh i think yeah <laughs> no foreplay <laughs> with this one i'm gonna start with the victor say so, emmanuel marshall it's like a religious sounding name isn't it it's like a like he's someone he's like a someone are we guessing no that's his name emmanuel marshall oh i thought you said a as in like a man with a marshal. No, like a manual marshal, like a manual labourer. I thought it was his job title. Ah, no, no, his name is Emmanuel. Oh! <laughs> Emmanuel. Is it Emmanuel? Marshall. He was a mechanic, so he was a labourer. Um, a mechanic, engineer and blacksmith. So he's the kind of guy you want to date because he can yeah. do all of the shit. My mum is always saying that, like... Get a guy that can fix things around the house. Honestly, it will save you so much. She money. then also complains if they don't have a PhD and two <laughs> mortgages, so I don't really know what she's after. I just want a qualified doctor who can fix the car and rewire a house. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty Brilliant. Much. That's what that's what we all want. <laughs> or we could just do it our fucking selves. So he is from the village of Denham and he lived with his wife and his mother. Like he tolerated the mother in law. No, he's his own mother. I couldn't do that. Definitely not. No. And three children in a detached cottage. So he was doing quite well. But there's a lot of them under that one roof. He had his... Um, his sister was going to come and stay. So what do oh, you... Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Bring another one in. That's it. Just finding another hen pecking me. So what do you do if we have a four-bedroom house and you've Oh, got... my God, is he shagging his sister? And you've got three children... And your mother live in there, and you haven't got enough room for someone to stay when you they come and visit. So they have a mattress on the floor. No, he fucking sent his youngest child away to make room. <laughs> like, <laughs> off you go. We need this room. 
Maybe so, it was a ruse. Maybe that kid was an actual shitbag. And they're like, how can we get rid of him without him kicking off? Just sent, just sent them away. So his sister came to stay because she needed some help planning her wedding, which I totally understand. It is hard work. Like, yeah, but to send off your firstborn. <laughs> yeah, we need to sort out this wedding. Goodbye to you. Well, it's bloody lucky that they did, considering what happened. I no longer care about your upbringing. <laughs> what I really want to know is salmon canapes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the neighbours remember seeing the family on Saturday um, of the weekend that they were there. This is quite a long time ago, by the way. Um, but no one was seen on Sunday or Monday. So it all went really, really quiet. So around... Um, oh, this is in 1870. Right. So this is a long, long time ago. Okay. Uh, around 6pm, Emmanuel Marshall's sister-in-law tried to get into the house. So she lives locally as well. So another relative is coming around, sticking their nose in. How the hell did anyone get murdered in this situation? They've got someone checking on them every five minutes. So his sister's there, her sister's coming around. Um, How they had any children is a miracle. (laughs) So having not seen the family for several days, um, she lived locally, she she went around to knock on. Um, Probably wanted some, I don't know, leftovers. I often think about that. Like, how long would it take for someone... To find, to find you me. Murdered. I thought you'd be murdered this morning because you didn't message me back straight away. I was so like, you... Emma's dead. I nearly went on the Facebook group and went, I think Emma's dead. But you didn't ring anyone. That's something like, so you suspected, but how long until you'd have called the police or like called my mum or something? Yeah, but it literally been an hour since I <laughs> been like an hour. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she hasn't read it yet. She might be dead. <laughs> I'm hypervigilant since we started this podcast that people are trying to murder us. Like we got an email from someone talking about the podcast and they wanted to arrange a coffee for a meeting and I was like they must be a murderer this person is definitely a murderer yeah. with some kind of ruse trying to flatter us into murdering us I'm definitely hypersensitive Lucy mentioned on the Facebook group that she was going to murder me I was like right I knew it was going to happen this has been her plan all along <laughs> it has been my plan all along but I'm just going to leave it till the right time oh, it's a double bluff <laughs> so uh, the house was all locked up she couldn't get in um, so she asked a local labourer, some guy, Charles Alderman, to force open the front door. So she's basically like, I can't get in, can you get in? I couldn't me? possibly force open this door myself. So yeah, I couldn't force open most doors myself. It depends what it's made out of. You can use an object, pick up a boulder and smash it in. A nice 19th century boulder. <laughs> they were bigger back then. They were stronger. <laughs> so they got in. Boulders, not the people. Yeah. They they got into the house, um, and then walking in, basically the room was covered in blood. Like, oh, as shit. soon as the door opened, like, it, it was blood everywhere. Um, and then Mrs. Marshall um, lay dead on the floor. So the wife of Emmanuel, her, her body was just lying on the floor alongside Mr. Marshall's sister. So the I was, I was immediately gone. thought it was her, seeing as she was the newcomer. The no. mum has lost it. No, the it's wife... her house and she can't stand all these people coming to visit. The wife, yeah, the wife of Emmanuel and uh, the sister um, of him were dead on the floor and both had been bludgeoned to death. So they'd fucking boulder. smacked over the head. Um, so she carried on looking round. I mean, I, I would scream and run. I would get out and I would wait for the police at that point. There's no way I'd be like, oh, just, I'll just check the other rooms. I'll like, just uh, make a final tally of the body count. I guess you've got niece and nephew, you might think. I might just check yeah. if they're like... See if you can save anybody. Horrified in a corner somewhere. 
So she bravely, she carried on looking round, um, and in the back room found Mr. Marshall's mother's body and the bodies of the three children. What? So they were... Um, He'd better be dead as well. So the, well, I mean, I don't often wish people <laughs> dead. What, the Emmanuel? Yeah. Well, you'll find out. Uh, so the youngest had been saved by being sent away. They'd oh. gone. So it was a blessing that they were neglectful parents all um, your family's dead uh, yeah, you're I the lucky one that poor bloody kid I bet you didn't fucking feel it everyone that you know everyone that is close to you is dead um, the, chi- the children were named Mary Teresa and Gertrude and they were aged 8, 6 and 4 so they were the children that had been killed so the one that had been sent away was younger than 4 so I hope right. they didn't just stick it on a train on its own um, and their heads were completely smashed in like horrifically bludgeoned. This was, this was a horrible, horrible crime. Mister Marshall's body, so Manuel's body, was in the workshop. Oh, so he was dead too. So, so he, he didn't dead. kill his family. No. Um, and he had been hit by a sledgehammer, and in there there was an axe um, and a poker, and they were all covered in blood. So basically, someone had gone in on a complete rampage and grabbed anything heavy in the house and just murdered a lot of them just horrific um his body had been covered with a blanket which was weird because all the others were just sort of left on show but emmanuel marshall had been covered with a blanket um and all the victims had been in their nightwear apart from mr marshall who'd been up in the workshop working on something so initially people believed that emmanuel had killed his family like you said and then committed suicide. Now, I don't yeah. know how they believe this, considering his head was caved in. Uh, but very quickly, it was really obvious that he hadn't knocked himself on the head with a sledgehammer and then pulled a blanket over himself as he was dying. Um, so I think it was just when people heard about the murder, they were like, oh, it must have been the dad. Yeah, um, because what motive would someone have for that kind of massacre? I'd, yeah, good beggar's belief doesn't it um so doctors disputed that basically straight away uh based on how he died and um he had actually been in the first to being killed so they'd got into the workshop and then murdered him and then the family had heard that happening that's Um, the only thing i was going to say like he must have been the target then if he was the one that was treated differently had gone to murder him first and then the others had just got in the way well yeah got in the way or um i was looking at some stuff about this because you have to research for the podcast, Lucy. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, there you go. Um, it, there was some. A lot of people talked about the fact that he'd someone had gone in to kill him, and yeah. then obviously people had woken up. But they they talked about how the the murderer had had to have experienced the delirium of slaughter, and I was like, oh, it's a slaughter. That's the name of my podcast. But they said that a lot of soldiers get the urge to continue to kill once they've sort of committed a murder once you stab you just can't stop yeah a bit like pringles so uh, don't say that about stabbing it's very moorish <laughs> <laughs> so i tried to look into this a little bit um so i looked at uh, bradley manning which was a u.s soldier who sent documents to wikileaks and he said the reason that he'd done that is because he'd seen that people get a lot of bloodlust on the battlefield and he said that's quite a common thing right. so i was it made me think about a lot of these kind of similar murders where there's a lot of victims in one place in one at one time and maybe there is kind of like a primal thing that people start murdering and then they're just like oh I'll just 
But no, a spree killing. Like yeah, yourself. like you sort of go into some sort of like delirious state and sort of can't help yourself. I don't know. I mean, you've definitely got to be one a certain kind of person to think that's... I don't know. I don't know. I've never murdered anyone. I'm going to say you might really love it. Might be my You day. could be missing out on one of your life's greatest pleasures. Like once you've actually chopped the legs of your dog off, like you might want to keep going. I might. Um... I'm not going to put it on the line and find out. I'm just going to be honest about that. Uh, so a, brick na- a bricklayer named Charles Coombs told the police of a John Owen who he was suspicious of um, as he'd suddenly started wearing really... Red. Like- All of his clothes <laughs> had dyed red. Yeah. Like brown. He's wet all the time. So he'd started getting nicer clothes and he'd got a new watch straight after this killing. Which, I mean, he's a total rookie. Uh, he gave the address. That oh, what? I... So they'd robbed the house as well. Yeah, he'd taken stuff while he was there. He was like, oh, I'll just take these, this outfit, some boots, a watch. Ah. So he gave the address that Owen had fled to, and he was found in the tramp's kitchen at Oxford Arms. Now I don't know if a tramp's kitchen is a popular part of a building, but I looked it up and I couldn't find anything. But what I did find was quite a funny. TripAdvisor review. Um, For about, the Tramps Kitchen. About Tramps in a Kitchen. <laughs> well, so I thought I was, I'd read it to you. I, last night, I saw there was a table outside. I was in town for drinks. There was a table outside. Lots of people wearing high-vis jackets. A couple of dogs around. And I was like, yes! It's some sort of like table to go and stroke dogs. Went over. Oh, no, it's the soup kitchen for homeless people. And I just <laughs> barged in and started stroking all their dogs. I thought it was going to be like hearing dogs or seeing dogs. Why the high-vis jackets? Why is this um, petting zoo in the middle of town? No, it was a tramp's kitchen. <laughs> it was a tramp's kitchen. So here is a review for a place in London that I thought was quite funny. The wait was lengthy but manageable. And we even had a little fun laughing and joking about it. Lol, lol, lol. However... As soon as you squeeze into the foyer of the restaurant, if you're lucky, you can clearly see the kitchen staff. Rather reminiscent of viewing animals at the zoo. One skinhead chef, in air quotes, was chewing a cocktail stick, playing on his phone, sitting on one countertop while his feet rested on another, about a foot away from where the outgoing food was shelved under hot lights. A taller one was eating something while frying food on a grill with his other hand, all while a mustachioed chef, quotes again, licked chocolate sauce off his fingers in the doorway. <laughs> while I stood staring at the show of my friends, um, I don't know what, the, while I stood staring at this show, it must be some of my friends, were being told that we'd have to wait an hour to sit by a rude, rotund lady. Well, I love the description. Heard good stuff about the food, but unfortunately he didn't get to that point. We walked and will not return. If I'd seen this after eating, I wouldn't have thought twice about storming into the kitchen to give my opinion and don't think they'd score close to average on an environmental health visit. I just love that they walked in and it's like chaos. Just a man licking chocolate sauce off his fingers. I was waiting for them to reference Tramp's Kitchen. That's what came up when I searched for Trump's kitchen. Oh, so, like, there were Trumps in the kitchen. So, back to John Owen. That's his. Or, what do you mean, like, if I'd have seen this after eating? No, you saw all this before eating, so you fucking walk out the restaurant and don't have, be a dick about it. 
Yeah. Like you were well informed before anyone tried to make you eat the food. <laughs> Nobody has tried to make you eat the food from this tramp's kitchen. Don't complain about it. <laughs> your eyes were wide open this whole time nothing was hidden from you he licked his fingers in front of your face turn around and walk out to be fair i probably would want to know to not go there i don't know they sound like a pretty fun gang (laughs) i did i did kind of think they looks like i was like oh quite a head chef oh mustachio do you say (laughs) i'm into this Uh, so John Owen was um, arrested despite trying oh, oh they tried to arrest him and he just started shooting at the police um, they, they got him down they arrested him um, the police found a porn ticket in Owen's room um, a what? A, a porn ticket not like porn like gonna go watch the uh, porn <laughs> he was watching porn like a peep show. arrest him uh, so he'd porn stuff and at the shop where it said the ticket they found Mr Marshall's watch and some of his clothes so Ooh big link there um owen was also wearing his boots so he'd like stuck on the boots of the person you killed and just paraded Dead around shoes them. yeah Literally. uh he admitted they were his and said they were a present um and he said that he was at the murder but he didn't participate right so he was like yeah i was there but i didn't do nothing that's the classic 10 year old response yeah like i just saw you and that like, well i was there but i wasn't the one <laughs> bitch please so Owen had had been in prison before and um, he was recognised on arriving at Reading Jail. So he took him to prison and basically some of the warders said, oh yeah, we've met him before. Last time he was here, as he was leaving, he was like, well, I won't be back because Mr. Marshall owes me some money. So I'm going to go and visit him. And if he doesn't give me the money, I'm going to fucking kill him. Oh, <laughs> so, God. I mean, bad luck that it's the same wardens. <laughs> But this guy is not a, like he's not an intelligent. intelligent I mean, what kind murderer. of cocky bastard do you have to be to boast <laughs> to the wardens? Well, I'll just go and do a killing, like to the wardens as well. Like at least tell your mates like down the cells. Yeah, I'm, you're bragging to the wrong set of people here. It's like bragging to the dinner lady about how you're gonna like kick in another kid's face. Like I'm gonna do do this. Yeah, you, that's not the person that you want to tell. Um, so when he was transferred for trial, the crowd at the railway station uh, booed and hissed at him, which I thought was a little bit like, oh, boo, like a bit like a panto when he's like yeah, massacred a, a whole fun. family. Hiss. It deserves more. Does anyone actually hit, like, should it be like a, does anyone do that? A panto? Yeah. Yeah, but not like in real life. That sound doesn't really carry, does it? Do like someone who's dumped you really maliciously and they walk <laughs> in the room like, I'm annoyed at this person. Um, so witnesses also... going to douse you in my spit. <laughs> That'll show you. It would show you that. Fucking would. Witness... I should start spitting on more people, to be fair. <laughs> they need to know how mad I am. I'm annoyed with you. <laughs> Spitting angry. <laughs> uh, so witnesses also claimed to have seen Owen near the marshal's house early on Sunday. Um, so the, the bodies were found on Monday. Um, the watch he, uh, he had was also identified as Mr. Marshall's. So, like, loads and loads of evidence. Um, this time, when Owen was moved to Aylesbury Jail, the crowd were a little bit more violent. They, there were over 100 of them, and they were trying to attack John Owen. I mean, this is dedication, like in, like, the late 1800s, to have found out that a murderer was going to be moved, that a prisoner was going to be moved. Like, how do you hear about that kind of event? Like... You're obviously watching out for it in the papers. Yeah. Like, 
gathering everyone around let's go and meet him like you can't just quickly see it on twitter pop in your car like they're <laughs> yeah, really true. dedicating themselves to i will see this murderer and i will hiss as well loud as i can i will hiss i will make the most threatening sound that i can muster well, this time they wanted to to smack him up i'll show him <laughs> yeah. so the crowd was so violent that they had to sort of retreat a little bit um so they had to board a train without John Owen on it and the police like the police just got we'll on take the- ourselves to the prison <laughs> so the police just got like some random guy on a train and were like oh yeah the prisoner's on this train and then the train left and then they were like everyone go home now so everyone started leaving and they could like smuggle him wait onto another train. so they made an innocent supposedly go what? through the trauma <laughs> of facing that crowd and getting on the train to protect the person who committed the murder? Well, I think they were just worried they would never get him on the train. Like it was just going to be absolute chaos. I mean, I am—I assume it was like a plainclothes policeman or something. But um, still, if someone's of... got to go through it, it might as well be him, <laughs> the person. So they had to sort of smuggle him on. So Owen pleaded not guilty at trial, um, uh, even though a number of witnesses were there. The pawnbroker was there. The man who told Owen, who'd given some guy had given him a lift. Um, a woman who had chatted to him on the day that he committed the murder so she'd placed him in the right place um, and she'd thought he was Mr Marshall so she like had a whole conversation with him right. like oh having a good morning are you oh yes I'm coming out of my house where I've got my three children and sister I'm going for like some sort of convoluted conversation that they'd had um, so everyone was like this is all crap like there's so many people witnessed you um, he was sentenced to death so that makes it fun for the prosecution, though. You don't just yeah. want to lay down and take it. Like, at least, you know, yeah. have a go at you got it humiliating them. Um, Put up a fight, let me tear you down. So, he he was a, he was really cocky. He, the whole time, he was like, I'm never going to go down for this. I'm going to escape, blah, 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 blah. Um, and even two nights before his um, hanging, he weirdly asked to spend his last two nights sleeping in the coffin that he's going to be buried in (laughs) i mean that's weird you've got the rest of your fucking life to do this (laughs) don't spoil it before you get before it's actually time make sure it's comfy it'll take the shine off because at first the novelty will be gone by the time you have to spend eternity in this coffin (laughs) i was a bit like at first i was like maybe he wants to leave something in there for when he gets and i was like oh no way it'll be done like well, I suppose maybe, like, because obviously when he is dead, he won't know. Maybe he's thinking, oh, I want to know what it will be like. I don't know. It's weird. It's but two nights, like, after the first night, you think, right, I've done it now. That's <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah, two nights. But then he was like, went, got up, lived a day, and then was like, I think I'm going to sleep back in there. Maybe it was better than the cell bed they were giving him. I bet he didn't get a nice one. No. He'll have had an MDF one. Yeah, you're right. He'll have had IKEA standard coffin. Plywood. Yeah. Um, before being hanged um, Owen so he was marched out to the crowd and he asked to speak to the crowd did he Um, embalm himself (laughs) uh, no but basically he did still claim to be innocent Um, he pretended to forget the name of Emmanuel Marshall who he was obviously um, found guilty of killing so he was like I didn't kill that uh, John Emmanuel (laughs) Labourer Emmanuel Labourer that 
James Michaels that you're convincing me that I did. Like, he just thought it yeah. would make him... Like, they'd be like, Look he must innocent. be innocent. This man who can't even remember the name of the man that he's killed. Nothing better than a Victorian mob getting the wrong end of the stick. But no one, no one gave a shit. Like, oh. They were like, he's still going to die. We just it. want to see a hang in. Yeah. So, uh, he was hanged and... Um, Oh, and that morning he'd also threatened to punch his executor in the face because they hadn't come and seen him the day before as well. He was like, I'm going to punch that guy in the mouth. It uh, sounds like he might have been confused about the day he was supposed to die. Like, this is my last night. I'm going to sleep in my coffin. I want to see the executioner. And then when he realised it hadn't happened, right, I'll punch him. Oh, God, I'm going to have to sleep in a fucking <laughs> coffin again. I, I just think he was, like, one of those people that just, like, the slightest thing that makes them look a bit stupid or they don't agree with they just go absolutely like they just can't take it like they just fly off the handle and it's like do you like you're just like can you just take your coat off they're like like they just cannot handle just storming out chucking papers all over the floor like one of those people i reckon he was he was hanged to the obviously the delights of the crowd um obviously everyone thought he deserved it killed lots of children um, and now every year, even even now, on the 22nd of May, um, the anniversary of the crime, someone anonymously leaves flowers on the Marshall family's grave at St Mary's Church in Denham. So the tradition is that there's flowers there every year. So they're not forgotten. That's super nice. So we have an obligation to fulfil. What's this? We promised we'd do a Texas accent. We surely did. <laughs> I just want some biscuits and gravy. They were disgusting. They're the fucking worst. It's not a biscuit and it's not gravy. It's All like, of it's wrong. It's like a weird cake with like it's like a scone. Flam. It was like a scone with, yeah, grey. Why would you put a grey sauce on like something? Grey, like that stuff you cough up when you've got a cold. And what flavour was it supposed to be? Did they say it had mushroom in? Oh, really? I thought it was supposed to be like sweet. It was right. Biscuits and gravy are not good. I thought it was going to be a biscuit and some gravy. And I dunked my biscuit in my gravy. I didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry. So we've got double historical this week. Yeah, we have. Wow. You fucked up. This is educational. Um, so mine is the story of Mary Piercy. Um, it might ring some bells for some people. So she has links in the Jack the Ripper case. Ooh. So those people that like to nerd out about that will probably oh, know what I'm talking about. I'll mention it at the end. Hate an unsolved. Um, so she's quite an interesting case. She was made a bit of a big deal of. Um, at the time, um, 68 women had been hanged, uh, like, ever. And 37 of them were for poisoning people, a la Mary Cotton yeah. of episode one. Episode one, all that time ago. Um, so, but, and then another lot, uh, most of the next lot of women were, were murdered husbands or children, members of their own family. And so Mary Pierce was interesting because she murdered another woman. Um, which was girl on girl. Yeah. You heard it here first, girl on girl action. That's going to be the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The title of this episode is going to be our best one yet. That's what people have been wanting from me and you for a really long time. Lots of girl on girl action. <laughs> well, you've got it now. Um, so, she was born in 1866 as Mary Eleanor Wheeler. And she was often described, and you'll still see this online now, um, but she was described at the time as being the daughter of a guy called Thomas Wheeler, who was a convicted murderer, and whose death by hanging apparently seriously affected her mental health growing up. I mean, the press and the public like loved that idea, because it sort of reaffirmed their belief that you're born evil and evil's hereditary and because then it puts you in a position of well that's running in their family and it's not in ours it can give you in us and them whereas if you go down the line of it could happen to anybody or it could be a mental health issue it could be this then it it means that you're all vulnerable anyone could be a murderer yeah so it was widely spread that she was the daughter of a convicted murderer but mary's mother charlotte put the record straight at the trial even though you'll still find it other places by stating that her father was james wheeler but had still died while Mary was a teenager. So it's interesting because these things get lost in the sands of time and you could mm. be sceptical and say, well, maybe she was trying to defend her daughter by saying, no, it wasn't that guy. Maybe it was. Mm. It wasn't, but like you can think. So her dad wasn't a murderer? No, he was just a guy, James Wheeler, like chilling, but he did die when <laughs> she was... He was definitely chilling. Like, <laughs> if anything this guy was doing, he fucking chilling. Like, that's wasn't he wasn't out murdering. No. Like, that's what he was known for. He was like, oh, I'm just like, you know. He had, like, long hair. He, like, lived by the beach. He was fucking chilling all the time. Probably by the docks. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he still died. And this death did still affect her badly. And she did, um, a couple of months after his death, she did try and commit suicide. Oh. By attempting to hang herself from the uh, nail in the garden where the washing line was hung to. That's funny because hanging is usually quite a male way of trying to commit suicide because it's more final. 
Well, exactly. Which yeah. I was thinking, possibly just being forced to scrub stains from like the gusset of her mother's bloomers. Like, if I was having to do that, I I would probably affect me in a similar way. Like, yeah. I've had enough of this. Yeah. This is not the life for me. That is pretty rank. Because you would have had to proper scrub stains oh, back then. Oh yeah. Just buy new clothes. It's not worth it. Mm. So after this, um, she recovered and she met a man named John Charles Piercy. Well, she was 18 years old and she worked in a sealskin factory. A what? Yeah, so seals... I was the same. I was like, did we wear sealskin? And I stupidly believed that sealskin... I thought it was like a dolphin. Is it, like, a, is it actual seal skin? Like, yeah. this is not like some sort of... It's not like mole skin where it's not a real mole skin. No, it's seal skin, like, but like furry. And they they like in the factory, they would have a method of like skimming off the top layer of fur so that it was shorter and... I thought it was like a dolphin. I thought it was like smooth I and slippy. I thought it was smooth and slippy, but I think that's just because they're wet and they look yeah. slippy. Oh. oh, no, because when they were little babies, they're like little fluffy little boo. Yes, they would make them into coats and things and gloves and shit like that. Baby seals make into coats. That is, that is worse than any of these. That's the worst no. crime of this tale. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she didn't work there for long. Good. Um, so they hooked up and they started living together. They'd only known each other about three or four months before they moved in. Which is brave. That's pretty quick. Pretty we quick. waited a year. I mean, it's not Jerry McKyle quick, but <laughs> it's real life quick. And she started using his surname. But then this wasn't this back in the day where it was like, we went on a date now, we're engaged. But that's the thing, they weren't. They just started living together and she started calling herself Mrs. Piercy. Mm. Which I think is like, props for the next level entrapment skills. Like... I like with now my, we're married. Yeah, like with my ex, I'd be like, "Oh, are you gonna propose? Are you gonna propose? Are you gonna propose?" Where she was like, mm, "Okay, I've changed my name now." Like, yeah. tough. <laughs> she just did the hard work for this him. It's a done deal. And it's assumed that they had a loving relationship, um, but I mean, considering the morals at the time, like you said, where it would have been unethical for them to just live together and be fucking. Like, I think it's possible that maybe just this was sort of like an arrangement that sort of gave them both freedom because as a married woman she wouldn't have to work in the seal skin factory she wouldn't have to be chaperoned places if he had a wife uh, like a fake wife he could maybe go out and do things well none of this is part of the research but i mean why would someone you heard it here first he was gay but why would someone move in that quickly at a time when it was expected that you get married? They would have got married. Why would they pretend to be married when they could yeah. have been? Because you wouldn't have to do like the big, like my wedding is stressing me out, but you wouldn't have to do all that shit. You'd go like local church down the pub. Down. Yeah. So uh, John Piercy at his, the trial, um, and this was taken, there's a, a blog the where they do a Murderous Monday, which is really good. So you should look for Murderous Monday blog like spot. Um, he was very matter of fact. And he just, as he described how they got together, he said, well, we met and lived together. And then we ceased living together when she, conti- and she just continued using my name. Like there was no emotion attached to it. He wasn't, he didn't mention any anger at her leaving or using a name and um, he didn't mention about that they fell in love he was like we met and lived together and she had my name so it comes across quite clinical yeah um, um so i kind of want sarah Wal- uh, waters to write a period drama about this relationship where he is you know he is a closet gay and he can't go about and she- he needs to be married and then it would be amazing that would be just down her alley like that is exactly the kind of thing she would yeah enjoy writing it's about. total tipping the velvet it's brilliant yeah. maybe I should write it do it 
but I just put fuck every other word and no one would watch it. Yeah. Um, but eventually Mary messed up their relationship or arrangement because she continued to be seen walking out in public with other men. Oh, which again gives like adds hussy. to my theory that it was like a marriage of convenience because she, she was they open. Were both sort of just Yeah, she was dating other people but his annoyance was the fact that she was seen dating other people. Right. So how could she not be though, unless she was gonna bring everyone to a house? Exactly. So then she moved out, still called herself Mrs. Percy, obviously gives her certain privileges, um, but began a string of affairs with men, and she managed to get the prostitution sweet spot, where she was age 24, and she was living in an apartment in Kentish Town, which was paid for by one of her gentleman friends, Mr. Crichton, of Gravesend. So... He would pay for her apartment, everything, furniture. That's quite a commute in those days, though, nipping up from Gravesend. That would have taken quite a while. Well, he would only visit her once a week. I'm like, fucking brilliant. Because you don't have to be that into him and just see him once a week, and then you have all your board paid for. That's what I was listening to, um, the latest Guys Who Fucked episode, and they were talking about people who have, like, daddies, and they're, like, men that they might meet up with who would give them an allowance but then they maybe see them once a week as kind of like a and I just thought it was like yeah I think that's pretty much what he was he was her daddy just like an arrangement that seems to work for everyone it's like an older guy gets to see a younger girl regularly kind Mm. of like buying a girlfriend but I think it's more like emotional than just like prostitution yeah so and like my mum who also gave the advice of marrying a postdoctoral laborer um also advocates this as the secret to a happy marriage that she is convinced that if you want your marriage to last see other men live live no (laughs) she's not cheating on my dad but live in separate houses she's like always saying like we're gonna sell this house get two flats next to each other just wants to get as far away i'll see him once a week couple of times a week and then i get to go home on my own just now he sold his flat and moved home she's like you're here all of the time my dad did live separately for work and she loved it yeah we used to chill all the time yeah (laughs) um like Gilmore girl (laughs) (laughs) but apart from this her only relatives and friends sort of nearby were her mother and her older sister so although her life was cushy it was full of loneliness like long periods of time where she had nothing to do no one to see um just punctuated with a visit from Mr. Wednesday and that's about it and just like getting wasted on her own. Oh, so she started. Yeah, she started that's drinking. Very fun. Like, I know. That's the only reason I have friends. No. Is that I don't have to get drunk alone. <laughs> so I mean, it would be an ideal situation if she had access to Netflix, the dream. But <laughs> it's pretty much just a recipe for depression. When her main source of entertainment, it, she she had a piano in the flat. Yeah, imagine having no Netflix, no phone. Yeah. Like. She literally sat around. I mean, Chopsticks grows old pretty fast. It's <laughs> no good. So, obviously, she's totally bored, totally, like, just sinking into depression, like, drinking. And so, eventually, she started a relationship with prime fuckboy Frank Hogg, who said that he loved her and they were totally head over heels, but he was still sleeping with loads of other women. Ugh. I mean, she still had her obligations to fulfil, to Mr. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, wow. But he also was sleeping around. I mean, you can't check his phone, though, in those days. There's no, like, 
But I mean, they were open about it. She knew that he was yeah. doing it. Um, so she could handle it at first, seeing as she had other things to do. And she had a flair for the dramatic. So she would light a candle and leave it in the window as a secret signal that, I'm free, come round, oh. like, to Frank. I just think if she'd have been able to read The Great Gatsby, she'd be like, that's me. Although the ending probably wouldn't have inspired her. (laughs) So eventually Frank Hogg got one of his side chicks, Phoebe, pregnant. And her family came down really hard, pressuring Frank that he had to marry Phoebe. So he didn't want this at all and was threatening to kill himself rather than get married. Oh, shit, he really didn't want to... Yeah, he was saying, I'm going to emigrate, I'm going to die, like, I can't go through with this. I mean, how bad was Phoebe? Phoebe was a little bit older. So Mary's 24, this, like, delicate lady. Phoebe was 31. Oh, 31. <laughs> what an old troller. 31. She's past it. <laughs> That's so depressing. I'm so smug right now. But um, she was older. She was supposed. To, she was said that she wasn't as attractive. He was sort of an accident. And well, they were shagging her though, and he's like, "Oh, I got her pregnant. I'd rather die." I mean, look, that is brutal. I, they were both very emotionally manipulative. <laughs> so he was saying to Mary, "Oh, I'm going to kill myself," and then she was writing letters to him, trying to convince him not. And they produced these letters in court to show how much Mary was obsessed with him that she was begging him to reconsider for her sake saying I'd rather see you married 50 times over than not have you in my life at all so she wanted him to marry Phoebe just so he'd still be around pretty much she was like I'll just do anything to keep you in my life yeah Um, she got it bad so Frank and Phoebe did get married and had a little baby girl yeah they called her Phoebe (laughs) what Phoebe, Phoebe. I mean, he wasn't into this marriage, so I think he was pretty much... She was like, Frank, what should we call our daughter? I don't give a shit. Fine. I'll I'll give her the name I know. (laughs) The one name that I've heard. Um, Oh, that's weird. Calling, like... Again, I reiterate, the only name I like is mine. uh, I'm going to have Emma Jr. That's weird. I'm amazing. She'll be too. Phoebe sounds more like a noise than a name as well. Phoebe. Mimi. So, Mimi and Frank lived with his sister Clara and all three women in his life, Sister Clara, Mimi, and Mary, began a really twisted girl squad <laughs> where they hung out and were friends. Like a crazy ex-girlfriend. They're like, we are mates. Yeah. They got t-shirts and... But yeah, got weirdly. Together. It's like, um, a, like The Bachelor where all those women have to live together and be friends, but then they have to go off on dates with people, and it's fucking toxic. Yeah. I love trash TV. Or, um, I Want to Marry Harry. Oh, the that best. was the best one. Please watch I Want to Marry Harry. Oh, it's so bad. It's so funny. It's so amazingly awful. They basically convince a load of Americans that they're, they're dating Prince Harry. It's just a it's... ginger man. So emotional manipulation continued to be the... Uh, you know order of the day yep and because Mary was then threatening to kill herself if Frank stopped coming to visit her she was asking for more time come regularly and she resented the time the fact that now that they were married 
Phoebe would get him every night. Like, if you ever go on a date with me, I'm totally going to kill myself. Because, like, I can't stand it. I'm going to kill myself. I mean, her letters, again, revealed that she believed that Frank's love and attention were literally the only thing she was living for. Oh, God. um, Saying that she had long days of solitude and that she she would think so much it would make her dizzy. I mean, that's overthinking, like, to the extreme. She used to get a part-time job. And so, but she had nothing to do, so her jealousy and frustration were just allowed to build. Yeah, I mean, I was going, you know when you're like in an argument with someone and then they ignore you and you have time to sort of play it over in your head over and over and you just get yeah. more and more mad. It's crazy. It's the worst. So, on Thursday the 24th of October in 1890, Phoebe Hogg received a note inviting her over to Mary's flat for tea and asking her specifically to bring the baby. So previously, I mean, this was plan B. Plan A was she'd previously tried to persuade Phoebe to come view some abandoned houses with her. (laughs) And Phoebe had quite rightly refused. But she kept asking her for tea, come for tea, come for tea. And so eventually she did. So Phoebe and Phoebo Jr. Phoebo! (laughs) She should have called her Phoebo at least. um, Went inside Mary's rooms. And once inside the kitchen, Mary immediately gave Phoebe a blow to the head with a poker and fractured her skull. Um, More than one knife was then used to cut her throat, so much to the point that her head was partially severed. And bruises to the arms and bodies of both women suggest that Phoebe had not gone down easily and had put up a fight that had resulted in two shattered windows and kitchen walls and ceiling being splattered with blood. Like, ceiling to floor, this house was covered from the murder of one person. It was horrendous. The neighbours, of course, heard banging, hammering, and the screaming... Smashing of heads. The screaming of a child, and admitted that they did nothing about it. Well, like, it was, a, like you said, domestic violence and, like, ruckuses were regular. They just assumed that it was a woman getting put in her place. <laughs> Apparently. Sorry, you can't see my eye rolls. <laughs> I realise this <laughs> on the podcast. There's some heavy eye roll action. But they did nothing. So Mary then used her fucking She-Hulk strength to get the body of 30-year-old Phoebe into the pram on top of the child. Oh, God. And it's thought that until this point, the child had been unharmed, having no, like, scratches oh, or cuts or anything. Get smothered. Yep. And died due to being smothered. What a way to go! Smothered Under its by mother's the corpse, corpse. Of your dead mother. That's probably Pretty still horrific. <gasps> That's depressing. Um, so sometime after this, Mary um, like changed the top layer of her skirts, put on her bonnet, and pushed the pram out. Went outside and started walking the streets with what the was pram. The, the corpse of a woman. I mean, she just really crammed it in there, covered it up with a blanket. Oh, how much can you cram in a thirty-year-old woman's body? she managed she'd it she'd have to be slight and started walking the streets so she dumped Phoebe on a building site just in the open but on a building site walked a bit further away the baby on some wasteland okay. and then a further mile away eventually dumped the pram and all told she walked about six miles that night to drop off her cargo got Pokemon go on getting some eggs hatched yeah I mean it's a dog walker's dream <laughs> Follow this round route and you can discover this many bodies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she 
um, Frank just thought nothing of it, of his wife's absence that night. I mean, he wasn't really that attentive a husband and he just assumed, oh, she'll be at her sister's. It's fine. Anyway. And then Frank's sister, Clara, read about the discovery of a body on the Saturday morning. So she said to Frank, okay, there's a body. Phoebe's not been around. You go to his sister's and check that she's definitely there and I'm going to go to Mrs. Piercy's house. So immediately she had suspicions. Yeah. Um, so initially, Mary denied that she'd even seen Phoebe. And then, as she kept being pressed, eventually said, well, I have seen her, but I was asked to keep it a secret because she was asking for money. Aww. And this just made Clara more suspicious. Of course, changing his story. And the fact that, apparently, Phoebe was incredibly frugal and would never have asked for money. It's completely out of character. So Clara kept dumb, smart girl, and said, well, why don't you just come with me to the police station and we'll look at the body together. So they both went to Hampstead Police Station. Um, they went into the room, into the mortuary, and Mary became hysterical at the sight oh, of the body. Shit. Just screaming, it's not her, it's not her. What? Um, Clara said, well, the clothes look like hers, but couldn't tell from the features. Oh, she had to ask the policeman to wash the face. I can't, I assumed when I read um, I've been reading uh, Murders from the Black Museum I assumed when I read it that they, the features because she'd been bashed in but yeah. she was like but then he said no they asked the doctor to clean the face and then I could recognise it I'm like well it's why like covered in dirt and yeah I mean that's inside. a man for you isn't it <laughs> like, <laughs> like well does it look like her well I can't fucking see there's two <laughs> inches of mud on it what do you want from me yeah. So the police took them back in once she'd been cleaned. And then Mary again began screaming, trying to drag Clara away, I guess so she wouldn't recognise her potentially. Um, And then her reaction meant that the police were like, okay, this bitch is rattled. (laughs) Like, we're going to go search her house. They'd also spoken to Frank and found a house key for Mrs. Piercy's flat because he was obviously a regular visitor on him. So this was definitely priority number one. Uh, Mary hadn't been arrested at this point, so she said, yes, sure, you can search it, but I'm going to come with you. Um, So they all went back to her flat, and the police started looking at the blood-spattered rooms. Mary immediately went to the piano and started playing and singing. Is that normal? Exactly. The beginning of her plea for insanity. Like, all... I know, just (laughs) this again. No one insane. Pretty much. She claimed, they asked her about the blood, and she said, I was trying to kill a mouse. Ugh. I mean, from ceiling to floor. Window I'm, smashed. I'm wipe she was having some, scorps. yeah, some crazy Tom and Jerry action was Man. happening here. Um, they, the poker they found had matted blood and hair on it. They found oh, a tablecloth covered in blood stashed in a corner. Clothes had been attempted to wash. Curtains had been pulled down, washed. Um, I mean, that's insanity gone there anyway. If you try and wash something, clearly... I mean, insanity is you didn't know it was wrong. If you try and hide it in any way, that's you're out. Yeah, pretty much. So she was arrested. And she did go calmly. And then when they searched her at the station, they removed her gloves and showed that her hands were covered in cuts and that she had two rings on her wedding finger, one a brass one and one a gold wedding band. Phoebe Hoggs was missing. Oh, so she'd literally been like, I'm married to him now. Yeah. Yeah, my wife now, Frank. <laughs> and she was still, when they stripped her to give her the prison clothes, she was still wearing the underskirts that were covered in blood. 
Like, there was no way she could get out of this. So went to trial on the 27th of October. She gave no evidence, and the trial lasted three days, with it concluding in her death sentence. I mean, I'm always surprised, like, how long did it take to say, this woman's dead, here's all her blood, in this woman's house. I've got, they've got to have, like, tea break every 30 minutes. Three days is a long time for all of that, you know, quite obvious evidence. (laughs) Um, so the only other really interesting things, um, while she was waiting to be executed, she um, spoke to her attorney and gave him a note saying, I want this posted in the Madrid newspapers. And the message was, initials M-E-C-P, have not betrayed, initials M-E-W, Mary Eleanor Wheeler. So there's something bigger with this. Perhaps yeah, someone weird. else did the murder and fled to Madrid. And she was taking the blame for it, having not betrayed. not betrayed. Someone else knew about the murder and had helped her. So that never got solved. Never. That's well, so we don't weird. Know. Don't we haven't? They haven't discovered who the MECP initials are either. She then her last were. I mean, throughout they kept asking her like, "Oh, have you got anything to say at the trial? Have you got any last words when we're executing you? Have you got anything?" And she said that the conviction was just, oh. but that the evidence against her was false. So petty at the end. Like, yeah, I did it, but not why you think I did. <laughs> yeah. um, her story was widely publicised and she had a waxwork oh. of her displayed at Madame Tussauds in a, sort of like a House of Horrors section. No way. Um, she was linked to Jack the Ripper. I said I mentioned this before. Um, for quite tenuously. And this, I saw this come up a couple of times that they thought she might have been him or she might have committed some of his murders. Mm. Um, they found evidence of DNA on one of the stamps on a letter that he, Jack the Ripper had sent that was of a female... No, a female's DNA. So, so they were saying... Her. They were saying it could have been a female. And they were saying that, oh, well, she slashed the throat so severely the way that he did sometimes. But, I mean, her motive was clear. She was doing yeah. it for a very specific reason. Yeah, she wanted the man of her dreams. She wasn't out just slashing prostitutes for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, and they also said that reasons why it couldn't have been her was that... She wasn't alive at the same time period. No, it was that the way that he um, attacked people, the force that he had to press down on their throat to cut off their windpipe was too much for a woman to have done. I'm like, okay, men are different sizes, women are different sizes. There's some tiny fucking men, there's some massive fucking women. Like, I don't know that you could say this amount of force is a male amount of force. This amount of no. force is a female amount of force. Get some henchwoman that is like, yeah, it's easy. Fucking, well, we know she was hench. She fucking lifted a body into a pram and crammed it down. Yeah, I mean... So that's that done. Yay! We did it. We did it! End of episode 12. No, Lucy. Oh, shit. 12. Um, thanks so much for all the nice reviews and messages and Patreon supporters that you've been amazing. Um, if you do it like, more, if you'd like to get in contact, give you... us a five star review. Talk to us on Twitter at Slaughter the Pod. Email us at slaughterthepodcast at gmail dot com. Go on the Facebook page. Do all of the stuff. Do all of the things. And listening to slaughter won't make you a psycho but you probably are a fucking psycho anyway so it won't make any difference
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.